I'm Lauren. And I'm Austin. We're an interracial couple raising a biracial daughter and have regular conversations about the value of our different experiences and how we want to raise our child. We believe that God made people of different ethnicities for His glory alone. But like many other things, sin corrupts. We have made a mockery out of what God meant to be good. And in comes racism, a very real problem plaguing our hearts and minds and therefore invading systems of this world. So we decided to hit the record button as we discuss race, division, unity, and how to live a life in opposition to this sin specifically. We hope you'll join us as we dive headfirst into current topics, discuss ways to live a life against racism, and ultimately seek on earth as it is in heaven, a place that will be filled with people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. You're listening to Grace and Race, a podcast about practicing anti-racism and promoting unity in families and communities. Hey, everybody. What it do? <laughs> <laughs> so one of our friends, uh, shout out to you, Rizzo, if you're listening, hey. said that we oh, should uh, that we should make a t-shirt that says what to do on it. So if you'd be interested in said t-shirt, let us know. <laughs> yes. Thank you. That's Uncle Mikey, a.k.a. 816. <laughs> Um, and Rizzo, if you're the only one who wants it, we'll we'll still get it for you. That's right. Oh, man. Well, hey, everybody. It has been quite the week. Oh, my goodness. We are recording on Thursday night before you guys are hearing this on Friday morning. And we have had all the things happening. We had an inauguration on Wednesday and have been just kind of hearing about a bunch of different executive orders that have been signed into everything and it just feels like the news is kind of constant right now yep a lot of news lots and lots of news so anyways we're gonna take a break from kind of current topics and we're gonna talk a little bit more about something kind of big and applicable in a whole lot of situations um so yeah we're excited to talk to you guys about today's episode and can i tell them what that is yeah okay sweet so basically you gotta listen you gotta hear me out on this one this is something that can be applied like lauren said we need to be careful that when we call for unity um saying that it's inherently synonymous with uniformity so i'm gonna say that again a lot of times we think unity automatically means uniformity okay so unity is when there is um a group of people usually in this context of race when people call for unity they're calling for people all around all people to come together um to be in an agreement about something something has to unify us a lot of times people want to use that we're american citizens so they'll say hey we're all Americans, so let's unify around being americans but sadly some people think oh we're being americans well there's a specific way being american american should look and so now they're looking for uniformity instead of unity so things have to look the same rather than saying we're going to do life together we're going to be together we're going to be Unified together, even if we do things differently. And that gets us in a lot of trouble when it comes to racial issues. So hopefully um, we'll detect, okay, what does it look like? Um, 
to get out of the mindset that people have to be uniform for unity occur. Hopefully you guys get some app. I guess some great application on how to listen out for um, black brothers and sisters in Christ or even black and brown uh, image bearers who are neighbors of yours and friends of yours. You'll be able to hear, oh, the frustrations when those words are treated as synonymous inherently. So, Austin, if those words are not inherently synonymous, can you kind of help us distinctify, distinctify, distinguish, distinguish, thank you, between the two? So what would be, how would we define unity and then how would we define uniformity? Right. So uniformity, uh, the good thing is pretty easy. Like think about uniform, right? So things having to look the same. So. If someone wants uniformity, and let's just use it in the context of, um, I don't know, we can use clothing. Uniformity, like uniform, (laughs) means people have to dress a specific way to meet the status quo. So if you're in a uniform setting and you're out of uniform, people would say, oh my goodness, what are you doing? You're out of step. We have to be uniform. We have to be uniform together. Some might even say, hey, you broke the unity. You're you're saying that you don't want to be unified with us. And there's a very bad issue when it comes to race, because if you're admitting that you're white and I'm admitting that I'm black, that's inherent non-uniformity. Right. There's no way that I can become white. There's no way you can become black if you're a white listener. So uniformity can't be the end goal and we can't disguise that as the end goal with unity. Unity is saying you are going to be connected with someone. There is a thing that is consistent that connects you and another person. So Christians, what is our unity? Why are we unified? It's actually the blood of Christ. The scripture is very clear that Jesus, a God, a hundred percent God, a hundred percent man, he physically died right? Um, And he rose physically again. And so he defeated sin and death. And because of that, the scriptures tell us that we are actually anybody who will believe in Jesus. We are unified because of that sacrifice, because of God, um, the father exercising justice on the son. That brings us unity. That means if we have different football teams, it doesn't matter. Something as trivial as favorite ice cream colors, it doesn't matter. It can go even as far and as intense as political beliefs. If you fall conservative or if I call, fall liberal or if um, I fall conservative or if you fall liberal, that isn't enough to trump, um, no pun intended, the blood of Christ. Okay? It, the blood of Christ is supreme. So our unity as Christians that is unity. Now, uniformity, does that mean we both have to be Baptists? Of course not. Do we have to look uniform in being uh, Methodist? Of course not. Do we have to be uniform in Presbyterian? Of course not. We can be in different denominations. We can be in different cultures. We can have different expressions. You can be more conservative with your worship. I could be more uh, charismatic. I could be more uh, conservative with my worship. You could be more charismatic. It doesn't have to look uniform. The unity comes in Jesus. So as as believers, since we know the difference that now there are some things, for example, I want to be very clear when Jesus says, love your neighbor. 
And he actually says, pray for your enemy. He says, actually, bless those who persecute you. That should look uniform in the church. <laughs> that, is, uh, that, that is a command for everybody. The thing is, that uniform even looks different for different people. The way you love and serve your neighbor might look different the way I love and serve my neighbor. All we know is it's supposed to be love and serving. The way we do it. It should not always look uniform. If the church is loving each person the same exact way, that would be creepy. That would be weird. It wouldn't be genuine. We have to do it as expressions of our love with God, our natural relationship with God. And that has to overflow with our neighbor. And that's going to touch our personality. That's going to touch our life. That's going to touch our vantage points. All of those things. So hopefully I gave a decent picture um, of the difference between, I guess, unity and uniformity. That was really helpful. I I cannot help but think about the fact that in times of great polarization and just to be clear, Austin and I are both in our mid to late 20s and so our um, view of especially like politics in America and current events in our country and all of those things, um, we we both just kind of started paying attention to those things in the last decade or so. Do you think that's probably that's, fair? Yes. Yeah. So our view, we're not saying that we like have this all-consuming view of of every moment of polarization in in all of American history or in all of history of the world, but. We have seen, from our perspective, a really distinct kind of polarizing personality, not individual personality, but just, I guess, no culture that has come out of our country specifically in the past four years. And I think we could probably all agree on that, no matter what side of the aisle you fall, is there's been a lot of polarizing language and a lot of polarizing action um, that has really kind of, it seems like pitted people against one another um, in, in the specific last four or five years of our country. And that's something that Austin and I have definitely noticed and had a lot of like processing to do out of it. And I'm sure we've probably all been kind of processing it. In that, I've heard a lot of calls for unity from a lot of different types of people in a lot of different types of situations. But really, when whenever I dig into that and whenever I say like, okay, what kind of unity are we really talking about? A lot of times what it really ends up being is it's a call for uniformity, a call for us to all think a certain way or a call for us to all just, you know, put aside our our frustrations about something and and feel uniformly about X, Y, or Z. So Austin, what are some ways that you have heard unity called for and really what was being asked was for uniformity instead? It's a great question. I think um, whenever we hear about injustice, predominantly officers with black um, and brown people, a lot of times it'll it's almost like phases. And obviously things usually escalate from peaceful protests to rioting. And then there's this 
um, discuss this moral high ground of how could you, you animals, you're barbaric, how could you ever think about damaging property? And it goes from this weird moral high ground. And then the same people who typically do that usually shift to a it's not this doesn't help you. Let's go to unity. Let's be unified. Let's be unified. And what unity is saying is, hey, I'm peaceful. You need to get off of your angry uh, mindset and your angry vibes. You need to join on me. Look, look at me. I'm peaceful and I'm not wrecking things and I'm fine and I'm put together and come unify with me. Come, come, come be with me and we can get unity here. There's unity here. And people who are being um, beaten, being killed, not able to see their families um, because of injustice, they're, they're not concerned about looking like you or sounding like you or acting like you. They want to be heard and they want tangible change and they want it now. And so um, a lot of times when they say unity, come be unified with me. It's come act like me, come sound like me, come talk like me, come reason like me, come think like me. If you come do that with me, then we can all be happy and we can all be fine. Um, but if you know anyone who's experienced um, injustice, no, 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 no. Uh, that it isn't fine and a lot of times we have to go to that person who has been wronged and say how can we help um, not how can you be more like me it's how can we help you how can we serve you it's a totally it's a revolutionary way to think about it because it really is the most christ-like thing to do is when you see someone acting up and see someone ranging out um going to them in love and not condemnation of going into them how can i help you how can i serve you um, that's not, I don't think, a human or natural instinct. So I'm going to read something that was tweeted out uh, yesterday, so Wednesday. I believe it was after the inauguration. Um, so the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, said in a tweet, wokeism, multiculturalism, and all the isms, they're not who America is. They distort our glorious founding and what this country is all about. Our enemies stoke these divisions because they know they make us weaker. That last sentence, our enemies stoke these divisions because they know they make us weaker. It, it makes multiculturalism, and that's the one that I'm going to kind of focus in on in this tweet, seem as if it's divisive and it's not unified. So how does that statement misunderstand what unity truly is because they just use division synonymous with distinction something can be distinct and still unified like come on like y'all that's that's what i'm asking believers like come on you have to think biblically you have to think biblically here like distinction is not inherently divisive or divisive it's not like, think about it. Like, think about God's creative mind, the way he created plants and the array of colors. It's like they're still flowers. They're still plants, even though it's distinct colors, distinct patterns, distinct designs. They're still unified as plants. And like he does that with animals. He does that with humans. Just because we're distinct and we're pointing out that we're distinct, we're pointing out that we're different. There's nothing wrong with that. And most of you are comfortable with being distinct between male and female. So why are you uncomfortable with being distinct between uh, the, the the color of your skin? I I don't 
I don't get that part. It's like these are distinctions, not to say that they matter more than our citizenship in heaven, not to say that they matter more than our foundation and our um, identity in Christ. No, 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 never. What we're saying is these are ways to distinct and to, I mean, just like when you go to church camp, it's like there's sometimes there's times where, hey, boys, we're going out here or young men's Bible study, or young ladies Bible study. That's not saying, okay, young ladies are better or young men are better. No, you're just dis you're distinct because you know there are different struggles. There are different um, uh, battles, potentially, uh, that one group might face more than another. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So when someone brings up the different ethnicities and the different backgrounds and cultures and you go straight to, yeah, that's division right there. You're no, you're saying there's distinctions. You're tired of the distinctions. Being distinct is not inherently wrong. It's how we use them. Um, so I just, I just hate that rhetoric. I hate that language with a passion because I know a lot of times it's from people who mean well, like a lot of times people aren't trying to be hurtful and that's what makes this thing even more. Right. It's like people who, um, I, and I can't speak for this individual, but I'm just saying I have friends, I have family who don't mean to be harmful, but it is very harmful when you think distinctions is division. And uh, when you think, you know, uniformity, that's real unity. Hmm. So Austin, you kind of touched on this earlier, but how has the call for uniformity in the name of unity hurt the black community in America specifically? Now, there's probably a million different reasons, but from my perspective, one thing that it hurt is expression, freedom. So when, my goodness, so wearing dreads uh, in a professional setting. It's very sad when we have to have these discussions of, okay, why can I not wear this hairstyle at work? And you start to hear, well, it's not, um, you know, what is here professional? Okay, so what is what is professional? And they'll say, well, we're talking about something clean cut. Oh, okay, cool. What's clean cut? Well, we're talking about something um, that is acceptable. Oh, okay, great. What's acceptable? When you get down to it, it's a very painful conversation because you start to realize, golly, it's a lot of European influence on that. <laughs> a lot of European influence on that. A lot of white America influence on that. And that hurts. Because basically what you're saying is, yeah, those black styles, yeah, those are kind of wild. Those are kind of crazy. Those won't do you well in, in business. You need to look closer like me. And that message of the best a black person can be is a reflection of what a white person is. That message gets pushed and pushed and pushed when people are calling for uniformity. That's what's sad. I mean, you want to know something really creepy or really sad? It's like I've been called. You know, oh, you dress white, you talk white, all that stuff, right? When I did that, when I intentionally was like, I'm going to do this on purpose, you know how many opportunities open up? It's so sad. It's so sad to admit that. 
Like <laughs> the more you talk, quote unquote, white, how more people respect you. I literally had a I had a I was next to um, a friend and it was in Nashville. And the, this was a brother on the collegiate speech circuit. And he was talking to me. Very, very sharp, brother. Very sharp. And an older white couple walks by. I'm not lying, y'all. I'm not lying. Please, please, please. Like, this is crazy. It still shocks me today. An older white couple walks by. It doesn't know who we are. He was hearing the brother explain and break down and articulate uh, some things that we were discussing. And they look at him and they say, my, my goodness, young man. Um, here's, I forgot what it was. I want to say $20 maybe. Yeah. Like $20 cash. Yeah. You were there. Yeah. It was $20 cash. He said, my goodness, you are so articulate. Keep it up. Gave him $20 and walked off. And I looked at him and he looked at me and we were like, what the, like, (laughs) we was shook. Like we started laughing a little bit, like, (laughs) but then we were like, what is the implication here? What? Like, seriously, would he just walked up to two white kids and be like, man, you sound articulate today. Let me, let me give you $20. What? You don't even know. What? So that just shows what kind of expectation that when you give money and you say, oh, my goodness, you sound sorry. That means you're impressed. So typically when you're impressed in life, that means um, someone there's usually an element of surprise to it. Why are you surprised that a young black man is talking like this? Like that just shows you the lack of experience and the lack of um, education they had. It's like you don't reward that. That that should be normal to you that means you don't have enough black people in your life (laughs) where if you hear a black person just talking in complete sentences you get motivated to give them money like what so it's this idea like language has been used as a uniformity against us like you need to speak like this you need to talk like this and if you don't speak like this and if you don't talk like this then any other expression or you know your knack your natural vernacular or any of this it's not going to be legitimized that's sad you know names i see it in names all the time oh my goodness that name is so ghetto that name is so hood that's such a terrible name it's like really it's like if you really think about it like names it's like that's a cool expression for a parent and their child and we shouldn't be thinking to ourselves one name is good because it sounds closer to white or european and then one name is bad because it sounds ethnic or black like that is so problematic like why do we do that but again we'd rather be uniform and that's why studies show jay Quan is not going to get the call that jason gets he's not on the same application same resume you know it, it's it's janet and janiqua i'm sorry People are going to go towards Janet. That's just, that breaks my heart. It makes me sick. But a lot of it is because we're trying to make us uniform. It's like, how do we make white people act like a, you know, we do, we figured it out. We know how to live, right? Can we just get them to do it too? That spirit and that mindset is all up in the uniformity, unity discussion. And it has to end. It has to stop. And we have to call it out and be very, very open. Even if you're not intending to do that. It, you're still pushing something that has to die. So there was a long period of my life where I 
went right along with and thought like, oh yeah, these certain hairstyles or these certain whatever are more are more acceptable, are more professional, are more X, Y, and Z than these. And whenever what you were just talking about, about um, dress codes and, and all of that, whenever I started thinking about things and like, oh, this is, we're literally calling out the way that black hair grows and calling it unprofessional and calling it um, negative, right? that completely like whenever I understood that for the first time and got that for the first time I feel like some of these things just became more obvious but for so long I would have not put that together right that that's what was being fed even though it was very much subconscious right whenever I saw an afro or whenever I saw dreadlocks I I put them with this idea in my head that had been sold to me for so long by you know by culture saying that a white look is is a better look is a more professional look and you know selling it as clean cut when when you know we really know what it is or or I know what it was now in that period of my life I would have also said that I was colorblind so at the same time as I would have said that you know talking white and that um, dressing white and that having a white haircut, even though I wouldn't have maybe said that directly, I would have probably called it professional or clean cut was, you know, the better way to go. I would have also said that I don't see color. And if you haven't listened to all of our episodes, we address color blindness on, on quite a few of those first 10 episodes that we have. So definitely go back and listen to that after, after, you listen to this episode because it might be helpful in understanding why color blindness is is not the healthiest of things but Austin I'm curious how do you think that the claim of color blindness is a version a version of uniformity mm, dang so yeah that's good that color blindness is probably the best example of uniformity because the idea is like hey guys let's all together everybody together shut up stop talking about race and let's not look at it and let's not notice it let's not see it and if we're all unified which they mean uniform unified and not seeing and talking about race then there won't be racial issues we got it solved let's go and so you have this big push and this big rush of people just swearing. I don't see color. I don't see it. I don't see it. And they don't even mean that. What they're trying to say is they don't judge based on it. They know they see it because if you go to a stoplight, you see green. Green means go. Yellow means slow down. Red means stop. Like most people are not colorblind. What they're saying is I don't judge based on the color. But it's very problematic because you're f trying to force, one, something that isn't true, but you're trying to force everybody to see it the same way. And it, that uniformity, oh my goodness. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not realistic. You can't sustain that. Um, I mean, I had, a, I had a Facebook friend, very interesting, very powerful. He reached out to me pretty pretty conservative guy and um he reached out to me a white guy he has a 
I think a biracial son, he said, man, a basketball coach laid into my son the other day and he was the only one he laid into. He wasn't the only one that was in the wrong. And it felt, it just felt wrong watching that because I saw the other white kids and, you know, they weren't getting yelled at crazy, but he was. So he just made me feel like some type of way. And this dude, I know he yells for colorblindness. I know he screams to the mountaintops. Let's not talk, talk about race. But when he felt that and sensed that and watched in the room, it really disturbed him. It was crazy as I said, bro, give me a call, man. I want to chop that up with you because I've had experiences like that for real, straight up. I have had experiences that way. And he actually um, never called me and deleted me on Facebook and blocked me. <laughs> Now, that's not funny. What I'm trying to say is I think I think his worldview was getting crashed. Um, It was falling apart. And he was like, you know what? Austin lended his hand to help. But no, I'd rather just go back to my bubble. I'd rather just go back to thinking there is no racial issues unless you bring it up and you're faking it and, you know, race card, whatever he's pumping inside of him. It's easier to live that way in his mindset. So he'd rather go there than face the reality that his son might have been called out because he was black like sorry crazier things have happened and that's a part of a lot of people's experiences and so um i think colorblindness i think you're spot on lauren colorblindness is one of the worst ways and most common ways people try to force uniformity it's like let's all do it let's all see it this way and or not see it this way and it's gonna be fine and racial it's it's like mm-mm-mm-mm. no 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 no, and it's it should give you a warning if you're the one not hurting from racial issues you should not be the one coming up with the solution <laughs> like if you're not the one being hurt by this and being i mean you're admitting it basically you don't see it you don't experience it okay great then defer to the person that is hurting defer to the person that is seeing it defer to the person that is being hurt by it it only makes sense right so that's a that's a great question One thing that I want to point out about colorblindness is that I think I think so many people come at it with the heart of I don't want to judge. Right. I like like what you just said, Austin. Mm -hmm. They don't want to judge based on color. Um, And Austin, honestly, and we've talked about this before. Whenever I look at you, I don't think, oh, there's my black husband. Right. I don't look at Eden and think, oh, there's my biracial daughter. That's and right. he he's my husband. She's my daughter. But at the same time, if we're out in a store and Austin is walking around by himself and I notice that somebody is looking at him sideways and I come up and I grab his hand and, you know, make sure both of our wedding rings are showing and la da 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 da. I should be able to recognize that if my husband was white, that probably wouldn't have been the same thing. That probably would not have happened that, you know, that he needs the quote unquote credibility of, you know, not being alone or lurking around by himself just purely based off of the color of his skin so just because I don't look at him and think there's my black husband in that moment I should be able to recognize that there was racism involved because he was black is black and I think that that's that's the difference so it comes it comes back to the implications of what we're saying so if we're saying that we don't see color and if we're saying that oh I don't judge based off of color okay that's 
all fine and dandy, but what happens whenever the rubber meets the road, right? What happens whenever there is distinct, right, not uniform things that people of color go through that I don't, right? That my daughter will see different things happening than I will, that she will be looked at differently than I was as a child. She'll be asked different questions about her skin color and about her hair and about where she's from and who her parents are and all of these things. And I should be able to say, you know, we're going to have different experiences and I'm not gonna, as a white woman, I'm not going to be able to speak to every single experience that Austin goes through or that Eden goes through or that our son will go through. But at the same time, I can bind to them and I can seek to be unified with them in standing against racism in loving them for who they are. And I think that that's where, I mean, that's what it ultimately comes down to is when we say, no, I refuse to recognize hardships that you might go through because of the color of your skin, then I'm being the furthest thing from unified with someone. I'm not binding to them. I'm not loving them well. I'm actually separating myself from them and saying, I'm all good with you until you go here. And then I got to step away. And I think that that's what, that's what happens all too often when we mistake unity for uniformity and vice versa. So Austin, we've kind of like harped on these things over the last 20, 30 minutes, but what are some, let's talk about like some of the positives. How can valuing unity over uniformity help like enhance our relationships in our lives? Yeah. So when you go into a relationship like okay I'm going to be unified and the best way I know how to use it is just really the example that Christ gives us because it's the first it's like the best version and example of unity and also diversity like the body of Christ when you think about it so Jesus says that any person you know whatever race ethnicity nationality culture creed any person who, who loves me and accepts me, Jesus says this, uh, and, and declares me to be Lord of their life and of the universe. It's like that is a uniting um, experience with other believers. So when other people believe, you guys are united. So it's like when you look at all of the believers, God calls them, you know, a lot of things. He calls us a lot of things, but he says a body of Christ. So we're like the body. And unity as far as like a body part you know when your body is unified and and together and everything's working well there is blood flowing through out your body it's flowing throughout your body and obviously for us the metaphor is the blood of christ it's flowing through the body it's flowing through us that's what's connecting us but then we have distinct body parts for specific um purposes right so you know i have hands i'm looking at my at my hands right now and i'm able to pick things up i'm able to build right um i'm able to uh, work with my hands in a way that will be different than my feet right i don't move with my hands during the day i, I don't I, I move my feet so should i cut off my feet no 
Because they're not like my hands? No. Should I cut off my hands because they're not like my feet? No. They have different purposes. And so we can start to figure out when you really unify with the person, like, I am with you. Like, I love you. And, um, you know, in the church especially, you know, we're committed to Christ. There is a rich um, understanding that, hey, that person doesn't have to look, sound, and act like me in every way um, or in most ways. <laughs> That's probably sounds weird. They don't have to look, sound, act like you in most ways. And they can still love Jesus, still love God, still love their neighbor, and still be pursuing on earth as it is in heaven. It's a freeing experience. It brings freedom. You don't have you can take that police cap off. You don't have to police people. You don't have to be judgmental. It takes a lot of that away, right? Um, you don't have to have I. I it kind of eliminates ideas of supremacy, like saying that my way is the best way, and you know my way is the or the highway. That's not right. Like it can free you from that understanding or true unity can free you from a lot of strongholds and it just teaches you and shows you a love and appreciation for people who are different and still doing good um so there are a lot of positives to really focus on unity when i go into a conversation for example where i know my mindset with someone else isn't uniform so especially a political like a politically divisive or divisive um, conversation if I'm going into that conversation, I am thinking about something to unify with that person on. I hope it's Christ because I know that that unity is strong. I know it's blood bought by Jesus. I know that we can hold on to that deeply. But let's just say I'm talking to a neighbor who, who doesn't know Jesus or uh, doesn't um, follow or worship the Lord or worship Jesus. I'm going to find something to unify with them on. Something. It might be american citizenship it might be um that we went to the same college it might be that we had the same sports team something trivial i'm finding something to unify on um so that there can be a at the end of it if we don't come to a uniformity if we don't come to the same thought processes then we'll go hey boom i still want to be connected to you through this reason i try to find something it's usually helpful going into conversations like that sinking your teeth into um how you guys can remain unified it, it, that's just a little bit of advice for me i guess no that's helpful so i guess what you're saying is that Having things that are uniform can help to unify us, but uniformity and unity aren't aren't the same thing. Right. Co correct. Um, no, that's helpful because I think that's Im that's important to say is, you know, just because two people are alike and do have similar mindsets, that doesn't that's not a negative thing. Right. Right. But I also think that it's really important that we we make the distinction i keep trying to say distinctify i don't know where this word has come up in my mind is it is it a word distinctify i don't i don't think so I, i'm gonna have to google this yeah, afterward yeah, google <laughs> I, I would just say distinguish but i don't know distinguish don't know. that that makes so much sense all know. right where it's so important to distinguish what is unity and what is uniformity and that things don't have to be uniform to be unified, right? Mm. Two things that are uniform can be uniform, but things don't have, can be unified, but things don't have to be 
uniform to be unified. One of my very favorite quotes, who I cannot remember who says it, it's either John Piper or Francis Chan. Two greats. Two good ones. And I don't remember the exact quote, so I'm going to paraphrase, but you guys will get the picture. Whenever we hear a melody, like multiple people singing the melody of a song, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We love it. And yeah, it's it's pretty. But whenever they break into harmonies, chills go all over your body, right? They're singing different things, but they're unified together, right? They're they're blending together beautifully these two very different sounds coming out of people's mouths and even you think about when you get all the parts together right when you get the men and women singing together and all of the the different sounds coming together to make one just completely changes the way that we hear music right it's the same thing with the church and it should be the same thing in in our relationships right because because we know from revelation that they're going to be people of all tribes tongues and nations who speak different languages who come from different places who look very different all worshiping god together one day and and i believe that 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 beauty is is written on our hearts there's something that that makes us giddy whenever we see different things working together in unity and the thing is is because of a lot of our culture and our history and things that were fed that inherent beauty that exists it's been cheapened and I, I think that it would be really sweet for us to get back to recognizing the common grace of seeing beauty and unity in the midst of diversity and seeing that that is something that we can celebrate. So awesome. What are some, you you just gave one talking about like actually going and, and trying to find things that we can agree on and trying to find little pieces of, of uniformity that can then help unify us in a conversation. But what are some other small steps that we can take toward valuing unity better? Um, one thing that is going to help greatly is really fighting the urge to feel your way is the right way. That's gonna help. I, I, I don't I gotta make this clear. If hmm this is this is this is powerful. So I'm gonna say this. There is a belief that a lot of racism and um, racist encounters, interactions, a lot of them are fabricated or, you know, made up, not true at all, distorted, whatever, whatever the case may be. I want to make this clear. I said this earlier, it is very important, it is very important for you to listen and try to learn from the person who says they are hurting from such things. Mm. It does not make sense. Uh, I said this earlier, I think early in the podcast. People, I didn't think bullying actually existed in high school. I didn't. 
I was in a huge high school. I would have seen it, right? I never saw people getting slammed against their lockers. I never saw people's heads in the toilet for a swirly. What else were the high school tropes on TV? That's what I thought of. Wedgies. You know, I saw, I'm like, I never saw this. I was in a big high school. I would have saw it, right? So I'm thinking, oh, this is just something for the sitcom, something for TV, something for entertainment, bullying, high school bullying. When I went to college, I got my lip dropped. So I'm like, oh my goodness. I never experienced bullying. That's one of the reasons why I didn't think it was real. And I'm over here and I'm like, when you go to college, you realize there's more than just bullying physically. There's emotional bullying. I said, what? Emotional bullying? Then I have friends who literally, some of them figuratively showed me scars from being bullied. And I'm just feeling like an idiot over here. I'm like, what the heck? Why did I say that was fake? Well, a lot of it is because I didn't experience it. So I just be careful because you don't experience something or you don't see it that way. Can you please just try, try to eat some humble pie? Just try. It might be bitter. Just try to taste some because it might help. If you're admitting that you haven't seen it and you don't know what it feels like and use that to empower you to listen. To someone who's saying they did experience it and they are hurting. They do have family. They do have friends. They do have neighbors that are being treated unjustly. Listen, try to help. But I think think that's like my biggest thing. It's I really want and desire, especially for white Christians, um, to really pursue, okay, I want to show you like black brother and sister in Christ or black and brown image bearer. I want to show you that I want to do life with you. I, I care about you. I, I want to be here with you in the trenches and, 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 and just finding, especially if they're Christians, that unity in Christ, but even if it's your neighbor, finding something to connect with and really showing you want to be there no matter what, and you want to help them and you want to serve and you want to, you want to be there. You're standing with them in solidarity I just desire to see that. And I, I really think the church has to has to be a part of this uh, because that's one of our first sins in the church um, was allowing and pushing the narrative that unity was between white people. <laughs> and um, sad, but segregation was justified by, which was, you know, obviously a lack of unity was justified by a lot of church members in our country. Uh, church leaders in fact so i just really have a burden to see white brothers and sisters in christ just feel empowered emboldened confident encouraged in the lord to just um seek that community and that love um that says i'm going to be attached to you i'm here with you i'm for you i'm not against you just that that love that was missing for hundreds and hundreds of years I, i just desire to see the church step up in that way. I don't know if I answered your question at all. My goodness. I just kind of started daydreaming and, <laughs> and thinking about, like a little, you know, um, of what I hope to see soon. But sorry, did I answer any of that? No, you definitely did. You gave us a, a good challenge to be better listeners. And I just want to follow that up with a Bible verse. Um, Romans twelve sixteen. Mm. Think Think back to what, I just was talking about, about music. 
Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Whenever I find myself wanting someone to be or think or do exactly like me, I often find myself find that I am feeling a lot of pride that I'm feeling that I know best, that I'm feeling that my way is the most right. And, you know, can there be moments whenever we are right about something? Yeah, but at the same time, I think that most of the time, there, 99.999% of the time, there's a lot to learn. And at the end of the day, we believe that we are human and that our limitations are vast. And so in this scripture specifically, it says to live, that living in harmony with one another includes putting down our own thoughts and then associating with the lowly. So yeah, Austin, I just want to, I just want to echo what you said in that when someone is saying, when someone is saying, this is something, this is, this is where I am the lowly, right? This is where something is happening that should not be happening our first inclination is not should not be well how are they wrong how are they being how are they exaggerating but to associate with that person to go close to that person to listen and and then to exhort and encourage through scripture and 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 ultimately to to fight for justice together, right? To to pursue what is right together and through the lens, and I'm talking to Christians here, through the lens of the scriptures, right? If there is something, specifically if we're talking about racism and white supremacy in our context, in our culture, how prideful is it? How haughty is it? And I'm, I'm asking this as somebody who has been here to say and to ask and to think, well, I can't see it, so it must not be happening. Because that just says that my vision is the best vision that exists in, in the world. Mm. It's a form of pride. And if, if you know that your heart is prone toward pride in X, Y, and Z other areas, why can't it be prone toward pride in, in this issue as well? And again, I say this asking myself the same thing, and I pray that the Lord continues and I know that he will continue to challenge me in my own pride in every single area of my life moving forward but saying we need to be uniform even if we call it unity even if we say well we need to be unified but if our heart is really that that it should be uniform we've got to take that as a serious um, example of our own heart and our own pride and I think just getting, again, for Christians, getting in scriptures, understanding and searching out and saying, God, show me where you associate with the lowly. Show me where you have come down and have and have made yourself known to people who the world would say shouldn't be you, you shouldn't be making yourself known to if if God did that. Lord, show me, show me that through your word and then help me to be a, a small picture of you in this world. So believers, I would encourage you to do that. I would encourage you to dwell on that scripture and 
yeah, I think that this can be something it's, it's, there are probably plenty of practical steps that we can take toward doing this, but ultimately I want us to start thinking about whenever we are calling for unity, before the word comes out of our mouth, reflect a little bit and ask, what am I really calling for? What am I really asking for? And if it is uniformity, try to change that, right? Try to think about like, okay, how can we be unified even if we don't all look the same, even if we don't all think the same, even if all of our experiences aren't the same, even if someone is claiming that something is happening that I can't see, how am I choosing to unify? How am I choosing to gather together rather than saying, if you don't come to my way, then you must be wrong. Because at the end of the day, that's how we cause divisions, right? That's how we separate from one another. I hope this episode was encouraging to you. I hope that we can all walk away challenged. And um, yeah, and I hope that you will share this with someone who might also need encouragement like this and who might also be challenged by this. Uh, our, Our goal is never to... Our goal is always, let me say this, our goal is always to exhort and encourage one another. And sometimes that stings and sometimes it's hard to hear. And sometimes it causes us to have to take a deep inward look. It definitely causes me um, to take a deep inward look to at the, the things that are going on in my heart. So I hope it's doing the same thing for you. I hope we're all able to, to walk away and to think about these things a little bit better and maybe encourage someone else with them. And I wanted to say something too that was cool. It's like, I want to make it very clear. It was John Piper that you quoted. Mm -hmm. And you know, you know where the unity was, was in the lyrics in the song that the people were singing. The lyrics, the song lyrics was the same, but how they were living that out, how they were sounding. It was different. And um, I'm just like, man, the church especially, like that, that'll preach. I could talk. I could do a whole hour. Actually, I think I will right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, please, Jesus, no. We get it. We'll never do it again. We'll never say uniformity. No, um, I'm teasing y'all. But that'll preach, man. Whew, the lyrics, the song, but the way it's sung powerful powerful stuff and so if you see someone who's saying we want racial unity okay cool that's great lyrics if they're doing it by protesting in the streets peaceful protests in the streets don't knock them if they're doing it by going to their church leadership calling for it don't knock them they're singing the same song they're just doing it different than you if they write something and publish it in the paper, don't knock them. They're calling for the same thing that you're saying. They're just singing it in a different tone. Don't knock them, Christian. Understand how you can partner with them and support them and do life with them and love them, encourage them, because you need the same thing last time I checked. So hopefully this was helpful tonight. I did feel like I rambled a little bit, so I'm sorry if I did, but... um. <laughs> That's why I love doing this podcast because I really don't go over the questions with Lauren beforehand. I just kind of speak on the fly. Um, So hopefully this was helpful. All right, guys, we will chat with you again next week. Let's do it. Peace.
Thanks so much for listening to Grace and Race. We hope you enjoyed our conversation and also took away some points so that you too can better commit to practicing anti-racism in your own family and community. If you want to stay updated on episodes and join further conversations, head to laurengroves.me backslash join our list. That's laurengroves.me backslash join our list to join our email list. You can also follow us on Instagram at lauren two underscores groves or groves 8070 to stay updated with our family and join conversations on our public platforms. Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you again soon.